Jenny broke up with me on Instagram. So I said, Excuse me! She's pro wrestling's queen of mean. But behind the scenes, she's got a heart of gold and a lifetime of experiences. From no holds barred tales of her relationships and rivalries to conversations with A list superstars, the real Vicky Guerrero is ready to talk. Welcome to Excuse Me, the Vicky Guerrero Show. Excuse me! All right, everyone, it's Vicky Guerrero, and excuse me! Welcome to another episode of the Excuse Me podcast. Today, I have a talented, and may I say, a handsome wrestler on my show today. Welcome, Mega TJP. <laughs> TJ Perkins, how are you? Oh, I'm doing very well, and thank you very much for the, <laughs> the compliment. <laughs> I appreciate it. You're welcome. I know it's early where you are. I appreciate you being on my show. I just, uh, we saw each other not too long ago at a show. Um, was that in January? No, it must have been. What was that when we did that with Mark Henry? It was in the Northeast in Boston. that was almost Christmas week. So I yeah. think that was just maybe, oh, you know what? It might have been right after Christmas. I think we we're in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Right before, so, right between Christmas and New Year's, something like yeah, that. You're right. You're right. And so I, you know, I saw you and I'm like, I have to have you on my show. So I'm so honored <laughs> to have you on. Um, you're just, uh, in case for my followers and, and fans who don't know who you are, uh, you've been around the world, so to speak. Uh, you've been in New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, Ring of Honor, WWE, uh, Impact. You left there a little bit and then came back to Impact uh, currently. Um, how how's it going i mean i'm so I, i'm enamored by how talented and how fast you've traveled the world uh i mean it's it's going um <laughs> i don't know I, I joke because um god i started i started all this racket back in like ni- 1998 is when i debuted and started training and i joke that i blink and it was too 2020 like it it goes by so fast um and and it really does I mean you know um I'd say probably around 2002 New Japan recruited me then and um and you know things just kind of fall into place I mean I just think that goes the same way for a lot of guys in their careers and stuff like I mean I was putting in the work but I definitely feel like that didn't necessarily correlate it fell on my lap that's usually the way it goes you know and then uh you know, uh, that led to another thing, led to another thing, you know, so New Japan led to CMLL, led to, you know, TNA and Ring of Honor, and that, yeah. uh, you know, led to other stuff, AAA, and, and here we are. You've been so blessed to be around so many promotions, and there's a couple of things that I felt such a connection with you, because you were involved in the Super J Cup at New Japan Pro Wrestling, and so was Eddie when he was at New Japan Pro Wrestling, and it, it was something that touched my heart, because not too many guys, you know, can say, oh, I was, I was involved in the Super J Cup. And I, it's, it's so cool to see that you, that, um, I always compare you to Eddie a little bit, actually a lot, because you have the charisma, the baby face, the, the technical wrestling. And to see that, you know, Eddie was in CMLL and New Japan and, um, you know, WWE, I almost see like you're kind of evolving the same way that Eddie was. And I'm complimenting you and it's such a great honor to have you on my show because that's something that was really true to my heart is that, um, you know, to see how you've kind of repeated the steps that Eddie has been through. Um, how, how does that put that on a monkey on your back? 
um, I mean, it, it, a huge one, but it's, uh, it, it is the best, you know, possible, you know, one I think to have. And, and that's, I'm honored that you would say that. And that's, it's by design and to be honest, in a way, like, um, I mean, starting with like, I mean, you said the super Jacob, like I, I, I've always been adamant like that, that to me was like my WrestleMania moment. I mean, I grew up a WWF kid, like everybody and all that, you know, and I liked Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior and everything. But, um, you know, when I, when I started all this, I started it because I wanted to, I wanted to go to new Japan and I wanted to be in the super Jacob. I mean, there had only ever been, three of the no two only two at the time I started there there was only two of them and um then they had one around the time that I started as well and then you know there's not many and that was always my dream a lot of you know my friends and people they they, they wanted the the big stadium Wrestlemania entrance and all that and to have the big winged eagle belts and all that and that's cool I mean that that's that's awesome um I I'm that's a big thing for me too but uh but to to do the things that you know that I like the stuff that Eddie Dean Chris the stuff that these guys are doing is the only thing that gave me hope that I could do it. So <laughs> a lot of it is by design, you know. I mean, I I've followed Eddie's career. I mean, Eddie was always like my guiding light, like as far as like um, what I saw as like okay, these are the things that he hurdles he ran into. Here's how he got over them. Here's times where he failed. Here's how he succeeded. And these are the things that I'm probably going to see. And I always looked at that. And so, you know, I, I, you know, I watched him go from, you know, CMLL and, and like his tryout matches in NWA and like, you know, yeah, like getting into ECW and, and New Japan or rather New Japan and getting into ECW and then getting that leading him to WCW and all that. And when I started in 98, you know, Eddie and a lot of the guys were cruiserweights and that's what I wanted to be. It was, I wanted to like, when I, <laughs> for people that are going to see this, that's how old I am <laughs> deceivingly. Oh my God, you're such a baby. <laughs> I know I look like I'm like 20, but when I started, I started when the WCW cruiserweight division was actually still around. So that was my original goal is I want to go follow these guys. Um, eventually I became a, a cruiserweight for a different generation, I guess, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm honored because uh, being able to do the Super Jacob last year, that that's really what went through my head is that I, I you know, 20 something years, uh, this is really all I really wanted to do. And uh, I finally got to do it. And I got to do it before Liger hung up the cape, which was nice. And, and the, the last night of the Jacob, you know, I got to team with Liger and it was in my hometown in LA. So that was, that was nice. Um, yeah, that's something that I, and, I was, you know, to know that I was reading the news as as you getting to have a match, you know, along with him, you know, in his final days. I mean, Jushin Liger, I mean, I met him, not that he knows me personally, but, you know, to, I went to Japan <laughs> with Eddie and, and did a tour with Eddie. And to see him work in that, and then to see him retire, um, what an honor it was because he's so talented. And how was that? Because to be, you know, teamed with a legend and to be in the same show, much less the same match, I mean, that had to be a little nerve-wracking and a little bit of, uh, just a surreal moment that you, that you kind of like stand in the middle of the ring and pinch yourself and go like, holy shit, like <laughs> I'm with, I'm with, um, <laughs> well, so what I, I guess what I like to, uh, like a story that I was like, not a story, but like, um, 
what I like to share with people regarding that is uh, like when I first started Nuge Fan, I was such a, like I was literally like a baby. I mean, they recruited me at 17. I think my first tour, I was, I was wow. just barely 18 years old and Liger was there. And that was like, that was like their generation, like prime, you know, like, like, you know, the, the Eddie Benoit Liger Jericho generation, like that was, they were still in their prime and in, in around that, you know, the, the early two thousands and, so I mean New Japan was I mean that was his ring when I got there like <laughs> completely and uh and he took he took me and the other guys in so well like um and I'm <laughs> it's funny that you you joked about putting that monkey on my back but like when I was 18 <laughs> no, <no> <laughs> when we showed up I remember myself uh Brian Danielson uh guys know him as Daniel Bryan now wow. um uh Rocky Romero and his his partner Ricky Reyes when we showed up together um and I was staying in the dojo I was the youngest so they they kind of like were harder on me like I, I lived in in the dojo and did like like what Benoit did I, I in fact they gave me Benoit's old dorm room when I was there um oh my gosh and um so yeah I, I used to sleep in this this room in the back at the top of the dojo in Tokyo with like old like pro wrestling baseball magazines and like Mark Rocco's mat Black Tiger mask was like collecting dust on top of old junior rep, junior title trophies and stuff that they've just stored up there wow. um but I remember Liger at that time kind of pulling us aside because I would ask him you know I'd always pick his brain about stuff and he <laughs> he like <laughs> told us and I remember it was, it's like like putting a monkey on my back at the time like <laughs> he was like yeah you know we we came in and we did these things and we meaning you know him and like, you know, Chris and Eddie and, and, and Dean and all the guys. And he's like, and now you guys are coming in. This, now it's your your role to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, whoa, dude, you can't be comparing me to these guys. But then, like, the older I got, the more I had perspective of, like, that's what these guys are doing. Because, like, you know, like, Eddie and Chris weren't Eddie and Chris yet when they got there. That's how they became who they were. And it took, like, years of doing this stuff and making those rounds before I realized like, wow, this really is the exact footsteps that they had to go through. So, you know, he was really just prepping me for what the future has to be. Like <laughs> I have to succeed at this or else I'm not making it to the next thing. <laughs> That's amazing. So uh, the funny joke that Eddie used to, I get excited about was that Eddie used to love to sell his clothes at the end of a tour in Japan because then he needed to go shopping for new clothes. And so I would throw all kinds of shit in his suitcase. I'm like, sell this, sell this. I mean, get everything out. And then he would love to come home and shop, you know, when he got to the States. Did you sell your clothes to the fans? Because the fans loved, oh my gosh, TJ, they loved his underwear. Don't ask me why. <laughs> and, and maybe I do know why, oh, but man. I don't want to publicly say, but it, it was so hilarious because Eddie would call me and be like, man, I sold all my underwear. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I do actually, you know, starting from that, because I remember when I first got there, um, I got a call one time and we were staying in Dome Hotel, um, which, I mean, as you know, like usually you'll start and kind of finish at Dome Hotel. Yeah. Uh, and so I remember we were there and it was like maybe my second tour or something like that. And I got a call and it was like a fan kind of awkwardly. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was just a fan. Like, I wasn't sure exactly. And they were awkwardly kind of asking me, like, can I, can I buy some gear? Can I buy some clothes or something like that? And I was like, I didn't know what, like, to do. So I was like, um, everything. I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. And then it was like, you know, they're, 
taking pictures with me, like I'm autographing stuff. And I'm like, wow, this is like this weird, like meet and greet that I'm having. And they're buying like some tights or like a mask or something from me. And then, um, and then it wasn't until like later, I think it was Scott, maybe Norton. He was like, cause he, he was like a, a, a dad to me. The, the first few tourists, he was like still the top heavyweight guy, Jin. And like, he, he was like, yeah, yeah, bro. They, they, they buy, they'll buy old gear and stuff for me all the time. So he's just trying, he's just trying to catch you before you go on tour because some other dude is going to beat him to it and buy it, buy it from you. So yeah, like then I caught on to the routine. So now like I went last November on the junior tag league and I like, I brought so much old gear and like these guys are like, Oh, do you have this WWE costume and this thing and this t-shirt? And like, I had like old shirts and stuff and, and I did the same thing. I came back with an empty suitcase. Yeah, you know, and as, as Eddie's wife, you know, when he would call me and go like, there's a line of fans and there's girls at my door and I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? But then when he, said, he took me and, you know, we stayed there for like two weeks, which is a beautiful country. It was so much fun. But yeah. the girls do show up at the end of the tour and, you know, the fans are very nice over there. They're so cordial and respectful. But when he said, look, you're going to see what I'm talking about. And there was just <laughs> guys and girls lined up with like ready to buy stuff. And so I was like laying it down on the bed. I was like, here you go. Like, here, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah it, and running the merch it. table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's just something I just thought was really, you know, I love to ask, you know, the guys that have been to Japan, if they do that, because I just got a kick out of it. I thought that was so cool. Oh yeah, the, the, the custom is still alive and well. <laughs> yeah, uh, so let's talk about impact. Um, you, you just you were just on uh, the, the latest pay-per-view and uh, it was the Emergence Night One. Explain, how does it feel to be back again? Because you did a tour, you, you, you quit and you came back again. How's the, the evolution of, of TJ Perkins and with the impact right now? Um, well, for me, it's nice because I'm, I'm coming back uh, like, I would say without restrictions, but I mean, that's sort of a creative thing. It's not really a restriction. I'm just, I'm able to come back as myself. You know, I was there previously as actually this right here, this, this guy is suicide. Ah. And, um, and before that I was Puma, which was like my tiger mask slash black tiger character that New Japan had given me. And I had for years before shedding it. And, um, and so that's how I was there before. Now getting to come back as myself is, is really nice. Um, and, you know, you're, I'm also coming back with, I mean, it's like uh, <laughs> um, in wrestling, like, you know, uh, the, your elders will kind of teach you, you know, you, you, you start out as a good guy, then you become a bad guy. And then when you become a good guy again, you get to keep all those old bad guy toys. And now you're, you, you get, you get to be a good guy and still use the bad guy toys. So in a way it's like now having gone to all these other places and come back to, to impact, I kind of bring with me all these things that I built in other places so to speak and so it's kind of nice you know coming back that way um and the roster is amazing right now I mean they have so many young people but they also have some established guys everybody's all in one room which is I've never seen that ever and I mean you're a wrestling lifer you know how rare that is that where there's like not a hierarchy like that is so rare uh, for all the guys to literally be eating, changing together. Like usually there's, there's at least like a group of people that are like different and, and they're, 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 you know, tiered above somebody else. Yeah. The sushi delivered to their room and we get Subway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like, 
you know, there's there's no uh, there's no NWO in this locker room, I yeah. guess. You know, um, it's so it's nice because you know uh, you'll go in and guys that open and show and close the show one night, they'll or I'm sorry, guys that open the show one night will close it the next night, and it doesn't matter who. Everybody's like equally, I think, as talented. That's another thing I think is beautiful is the roster is so uh, balanced. Know, which I guess is sort of the de facto cruise rates is fantastic, but the heavyweight division, I mean, they're all so balanced and they're all used. Everybody there is used as a potential main eventer at any time. So, um, you know, it's, it's such a nice atmosphere to come back to. That's awesome. Uh, can, can you hear me, TJ? Okay. All right. Sorry. I've got my microphone. Can Hold on one second. I think we may have lost. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Okay, hang on. My my phone volume is super low, but I'm gonna see if yeah. maybe my headphones were like messed up. No, <laughs> it was good. It was perfect. Hold on. Can you hear me? Am I on my headphones now or no? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Oh wait. Okay, hold on. Uh, <laughs> I can't hear you on my headphones, but you can hear me. So let me see if I can just up my phone volume. Okay, I, I think we're now? all right. You can still hear me though, right? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Um, yeah, yeah. You're really low, but um, I think maybe How's I don't that? know. Somehow this got messed up. How's that? Know. Is that better? No, it's about. To, I think it's just on my end. Like I can hear you through my phone, but it's just a little bit lower. Gosh, let me see here. Let me just check everything. Is that better? Um, hang on. I think my, I think it's really just my, um, my headphones were having some kind of problem. All right. Can sit, can we, uh, let's I test real really quick. Well. I can hear you really well. Okay. They're back now. I don't know what happened, but they, yeah, they, <laughs> okay, they bounced right. for a second. Okay. We're good. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, <laughs> so on emergency night, call it in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> On the fly. Uh, you competed against Chris Bay and Rohit Raju at Emergence Night. What are your plans now since uh, Rohit Raju won uh, the division, uh, the X Division Championship? What, what are your goals now and who's next on your list? Uh, well, I, I mean, I guess he would be next, <laughs> technically. Um, I don't know. You know, I, when I came back, uh, I really wanted to – you know, set some goals uh, in the tag division. That's why I uh, teamed up with Falabot at the time coming in, and we still are. Um, I, I feel like, though, that Impact is asking me to wear a lot of hats. So, <laughs> uh, you know, they, I've, I've been lined up for, for, for the X Division, and, and kind of putting my hat back in that ring is, is nice. Like, I, I, I haven't really, um, you know, been with those guys in a while so getting away from some of the tag stuff and doing the exhibition stuff um just these last uh you know few shows and everything has really kind of i, I think re-sparked that hunger for me to <laughs> to be a be a singles wrestler again there um and you know a lot of the guys i'm looking for not just for the first matchups with them but the second third and beyond because guys like chris bay rohit too as well yeah. um trey miguel um willie mack who's a great friend of mine um, a lot of these guys are incredible 
and and getting to wrestle them for the first time in singles matches is, is awesome but now i just want more so <laughs> i'm looking for round 30 out of these dudes so we'll see that's awesome well, i i enjoy watching you i think uh you know for everyone who watches impact they're in for a good treat um i think it was great that you were on the pay-per-view and to to be able to you know uh highlight you you know in this match i think that opens up a lot of doors you know to to be able to compete against different people so uh, i'm a big fan of yours and i just think that's so cool um to see you on impact uh so we have some fan questions for you that came in and um here's one for you from boomy studios uh jose is the one who wrote in and he talks about his little brother mateo and this is really sweet. He says, Mateo is obsessed with, with you, TJ, and would go crazy if you gave him a shout out. He watched and rewatched your CWC matches every single day. He drew you a lot and sent you a couple of drawings that you posted on Instagram. He has two of your action figures and pretends to be one of them and that you guys are the biggest tag team of all, from all the world. I thought that was so cute. Um, Mateo, I would love for Mateo to hear you give him a shout out because this little boy apparently is just your biggest fan. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Mateo, uh, thank you very much for watching and, and for all the support and for following along. Um, I say a lot of times, like without you guys, there's no me. So, you know, it means a lot. And, um, you know, especially the longer that I'm in this, the more I see that like my, my real biggest goal in this is less about individualistic stuff that that I can basically this room, I could collect this room over and over and over again. But what means most to me is that like, I can inspire, you know, people like yourself. And so thank you so much for, for sharing that with me. And, and thank you, uh, Mateo and, and, and for everybody else that's, that's watching and following along and, and in a similar uh, position, you know, I appreciate it because like that, that really is what drives me um, is that, you know, I'm able to have that connection with everybody. Awesome. Okay, so from Joseph Brian Pineda, uh, he says, uh, do you see yourself ever working in AEW? And I would love to see you go against Sammy Guevara. <laughs> Sammy and I have been trying to get one in any company for years and we <laughs> just never end up in the, <laughs> Yeah, we never end up in the same place at the same time. Um, I certainly have a knack for uh, accidentally pissing people off like he does too so <laughs> no, <laughs> so, so no. maybe we should be together <laughs> no he's 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 great man and i i like i said we've been trying to do that for for a while i mean he was he did like some impact stuff when i was i think in wwe we're on the indies and different places and stuff like that and like you know now he's there and i'm here um but you know i uh, and as far as aew like you know i I, I, I remember saying when the, when the project was first launching that it, it's like they gave us WCW back, but it's reversed. Yeah. Now they're the, now they're the, uh, the, the young and, and WWE sort of <laughs> the, the older statesman, like with yeah. like the, the Hogan generation. Um, and um, uh, so, you know, it's definitely a place that I would love to go. I have a lot of friends there, Scorpio Sky and, and SCU, for example, guys that I oh. came up with and, um, um, you know, the Young Bucks as well, Kenny Omega, like I spent some time with him in Japan, like a lot of the guys are, are guys that I'm friends with or, or you know, have known and, and shared some locker rooms with. So, you know, it's, it'd be a wonderful place to, to go. Uh, and I would you love know, to do it. And especially to wrestle Sammy as well. You know, what's funny too, is that you trained with Christopher Daniels and Negro Casas. 
And so to, to hear that, you know, uh, with Christopher Daniels, I work with him in AEW, but with Negro Casas, I used to watch him and Eddie wrestle in Juarez, Mexico. And so again, this is this circle that I have with you that it seems like we kind of like, <laughs> you know, interact with the same people. And I think that's just so great. You know, you were trained by these great guys and, um, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, okay. Here's one from Tyler Weedle. He says, uh, what, what do you believe happened to make the push end at WWE and what led you to parting ways with WWE? Um, you know, for me, I, you know, WWE was almost like an accidental pit stop. I, I didn't really, when I went there, I, I wasn't aiming to go there, which is funny. Like a lot of the places I ended up, like I was saying earlier, they kind of fell in my lap. Like <laughs> new Japan was obviously a goal, but like um, that in particular back in like 1998, like, even the internet wasn't really a thing. So like to like try and say, Oh, I'm going to go to new Japan and CMLL like, okay, good luck because there's no way to create that path. Um, you know, as you know, at that time, like you almost just had to know somebody who was there that can kind of get you in the door. Otherwise there was no like way to network that if you didn't have that connection. So that was yeah. a total accident. Everything kind of was, <laughs> um, <laughs> And WWE was no different. Like I was actually aiming at trying to go back to Japan and Mexico when I left Impact the first time. Oh. And this was, uh, you know, 2015 or 16. Regal had asked about going to WWE for um, the Cruiserweight tournament, which I thought, okay, this is maybe like a modern day J-Cup that they're going to do. I knew that it would have some significance culturally, but I didn't know if I would stay or if I'd be their cup of tea. I'd been there before and they said, look, we don't need guys like you. And I said, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> you know, they had their one Evan Bourne, they had their one Tyson kid and they were like, we don't need any more of you dudes. And I'm like, okay, great, fine. No problem. But I'll do this tournament. And halfway through they, they, they said, this is what we want to do going forward. And I said, okay. So I, uh, Regal really talked me into staying. I wasn't going to stay. I was like, I want to go do Lucha Underground. I want to go back to Mexico. And, um, you know, I want to go to, to, to AAA and do some stuff there. And I want to, I want to go back to New Japan. Um, I've missed that. Yeah. And, um, you know, he said, you should lay down some roots. You're getting older now. And I said, okay. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, it was probably like three years through it. You know, I just felt like I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't contributing you know, the way that, that I should be like, I, the, the money's great and, and that's fine. And, 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 um, you know, like I, I can never say that they didn't like take great care of me or anybody else, you know, but you know, I just knew that it, sometimes I felt like, man, I'm like stealing money from this fool. <laughs> like, I, like I remember knocking on Vince's door, you know, as I did when things were good and I had a pitch when, when I felt like things were bad, I would still knock on his door and I'd say, you know what, this sounds, this is on me. Like, I don't, I feel like I'm just a guy for you and I don't want to be that. I would like to be more. Um, I don't believe in quitting. So, you know, I worked with them a lot on how, how I can contribute better or be in a different position. And, and, you know, we tried uh, finding a different spot for me and he's just got so many guys. And when it was, came to a point where he was like, look, I, I don't know what we would do with you. And I don't want you to be unhappy and go back on the bench. He simply said, all right, well, I know that you want to go back to, you know, I had already told them, look, if, if it's not going to work out here, I don't want to keep doing the same thing. I'd like to go do some stuff before I get too old to do it. I can't go I you know, I can't be going back to Japan when I'm like 50, you know, that's, 
there's going to be some other 25 year old kid who's going to be <laughs> what I was when I was 18. Right. And he wants that yeah. spy, you know? And so I, I said, uh, you know, that's what I'd like to do. And they said, okay, go ahead, go out, spread your wings. You know, we got a lot of respect for you wanting to do better here, but we just don't know what to do with it. And that's really all it came down to was that. Was just, and, and I'm so thankful that they were like so cool about it because they could have, you know, they've hung on to a lot of guys when they wanted to go and they've let a lot of guys go at times when they didn't want to go. And for me, yeah. they let me go when I wanted to be able to go. So it was great. And I think that's awesome, TJ, that you were, you were honest with yourself and what you wanted because you weren't complacent. You just didn't want to sit somewhere and just, uh, you know, collecting the money. People think, Oh, wow. You know, how could you leave the money? But when you're not happy and you're just like on this plateau that nothing's happening, that's not what our career is about. It's about, innovating and evolving and, and growing in, in our own character and ourselves. And for you to be able to, you know, to have that courage to say, Hey, I'm, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to go do this. And I think that's so admirable of you because a lot of people don't know how to have their own say and what they well, want in their, in their career. Like I said, I mean, like <laughs> I, I learned from my elders. I mean, the, the Eddie and some of those guys were, could have just stayed in WCW and made millions or whatever, but they weren't happy. They, they were willing to walk away from that. And I'm, I, that's what I grew up with. And I was like, well, there has to be a reason why these dudes are going to walk away from that. And you know, you, when you're younger, you don't understand it. Yeah. And when you're older, you kind of get it. And now I understand. And it's really not about the money. I mean, I left, I ended up making more money than I was making there anyway. So I was like, I, clearly it's not about that. And, and then, you know, I became more happy and then, you understand because your home life gets better. Everything falls into place when you're, when you're happy. If you're not happy, no amount of money or security is ever going to protect that, you know? Yeah. So let me ask you, this is kind of going to round it out. Uh, what would you, what advice would you give yourself starting out in your career? One thing of advice that you know now about yourself today, and I know we touched a little bit about that, but what, what's something that you wish you could tell your old self of what to do better in your career? Um, it's a weird cosmic landmark for me, uh, about halfway through, I was like 10 years in, it's about 2008, 2009. So I, I kind of left a bunch of opportunities behind to try to go to WWE the first time. Um, and, uh, I went down to FCW as a walk-on. I had done all these, been invited for like dark matches and things. I'd done a ton and the, the, a lot of the road guys knew me and they're like, you're doing really well, but like, it's hard to get a job coming, like doing these types of things. Cause you know, you get to Oakland before Monday night raw, they, they really just want to nail down Cena's promo and get their business done and move on to the next episode. So like, why don't you try something else? So I moved down to Florida, went to FCW as a walk on, acted like I'd never wrestled before. just like, Hey, look, I want to do this. And, uh, it didn't work out. You know, I, I went down, gave my best shot, failed. Um, but then the recession hit, all my old opportunities, New Japan, Ring of Honor. Now the Kevin Steens of the world, the Sami Zayn's, all these guys, this new generation's come up, the Young Bucks. Like, all these spots are taken now. These incredibly talented dudes are, are moving up. That's the way it goes, you know. It's, it's Darwinism, man. Survival of the fittest. Like, so, you know, I couldn't get my old jobs back, didn't get my new job that I was aiming for, and I ended up homeless. And I remember thinking at the time, like, when you hit, like, rock, rock bottom, and this is, this is honestly where like, like Eddie's story hit me the hardest around this time, because I remember thinking, 
I couldn't get any lower than this, like collecting coins in Walmart parking lots at midnight, just so I can eat. Like, you know, I had a significant other with me at the time who like also like we were, we were homeless. I mean, it was bad. And um, I was starting all over wrestling in dive bars for like 10 bucks in front of like eight people that are just watching sports center, you know, like it was bad. And uh, that's the only way I could eat. And, um, I remember thinking at that time, like, I didn't appreciate the first half of my career. I was just a kid. I was having fun. I didn't know what a career was. You know, you show up, you get scouted by New Japan, they throw you on a business class flight, put a tent, like a thousand dollars in 10,000 yen envelopes in your hands. And you just, you don't know, you're just, Oh, I'm making great money. I'm having fun. This is how it should be. And uh, that's why stuff like hearing from Mateo means so much to me because at that time I didn't understand what all of any of that meant. I just thought I'm really good at this. I'm going to just keep going. Wrestling was life's first job for me. I never did anything else. And, you know, I, I sort of feel like that. I mean, I'm, I'm a person of faith, so I, I don't suggest anybody has to or not be, but I am. And I kind of felt like that was like God saying, you need to understand what I'm trying to give you here and understand what it means. And, uh, if I could go back, <clears throat> I would probably want to tell, I mean, in a way I'd want to tell my younger self nothing like you, you, I needed those failures, but if there is anything, I would say, please understand this lesson when it does come, because, you know, you need to start looking at this as a way to put a roof over your family's head and feed your family and, and, um, and uh, to inspire all these people that are going to end up looking up to you and you don't realize that, you know, these 10,000 yen bills ain't coming from like thin air. These are coming off the backs of people buying tickets because some kid has your doll and he's going to go home and draw you for the next eight years. Uh -huh. And then he's going to be inspired to finish college and become a doctor or something, you know? And that's to me is what it became about is like, I need to, I need like literally at the time I was like, I need to feed my family. And then once I wrestling was doing that, I remember asking, begging God, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Clearly you don't want me to do this anymore. Why do you make me like, let me get a job at Baskin Robbins. But I don't know. I mean, just the perfect storm of not having an education, not having a work experience and uh, the recession, nobody would give me a real job. And I tried and I just, I used to be so mad at God. And I was like, and, but then it was like, you know, he purposely kept me in it, I think. And then this, the, the next 10 years of my career was, like the clouds had been lifted. I knew exactly what I was doing it for. And all the opportunities came right back, you know, like new Japan fell on my lap again, impact fell on my lap again, WWE fell on my lap. And, you know, and it was like, I don't know, unlocking the next level in a video game. It was like, Oh, I just needed to figure that out. You know? So oh. the, the only thing that's real is the money and the miles There's an old saying in wrestling. And it's almost a joke to the boys, but it's so true. The only thing that's real is the money and the miles don't get wrapped up in anything else. That would be my best advice. I love that, TJ. And you know, I, I think that's so important for us to go through our storms instead of walking around them and you know avoiding them. Because I think through tests that God gives us, there's testimonies for you to share, like to Mateo. And I think that's so that's so incredible. And I thank you for that. So we're gonna switch things and do something a little fun. We're gonna do a lightning round really quick. We're winding down our interview. Uh, I'm going to ask you some questions and then you let me know and our followers and our fans know that the true TJ and what you're all about. Um, what is the most embarrassing store you might be seen shopping in? The most embarrassing what? Store that you would be seen shopping in. 
Oh man. Um, <laughs> Lush. Lush Cosmetics. <laughs> <laughs> how, are the, how are those eyelashes for you? <laughs> <laughs> the body sprays, man. It's like, it's, it's a wrestling gear thing. But yeah, when I'm in there, everybody assumes I'm buying some soap or something super bougie. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> okay. Do you, talk or, do you talk or text? Oh, text. I can't stand talking. <laughs> uh, favorite flavor for a muffin? For a muffin? Yeah, your favorite flavor? Probably blueberry. Kind of classic. Nice. Uh, what was the last song that you downloaded? Um, <laughs> I, I was late to the party, but um, my girl had me listen to uh, WAP the other day, <laughs> and I had never heard it before, and I didn't know what everybody was talking about. So. Oh. That's going to make national news by tonight. You know that, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, would you rather be invisible or have a super strength? Oh, um, God, that's a tough one. I, Woo, we stumped him, everyone. We stumped him. <laughs> <laughs> I might say invisible, but, you know, like I'm reclusive as it is. Like, I, can, I can be invisible on my own, I guess. So probably super strength. Okay. Would you rather climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Oh, jump from a plane. Oh, amen. I like you already. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell your fans where they can find you on Twitch. Do you do a regular streaming or do you kind of pick and choose what's convenient for you? Um, I guess I kind of pick and choose. I jumped into the Twitch game like kind of when it first started and I didn't really, well, I guess nobody understood it at the time. Um, and uh, people really liked my streams and it was very casual. I didn't really format it. And, uh, I love having like a full chat and for people to come in and network, not even just with me and, but to socialize with each other and just have this like cool, fun, safe space to like, you know, meet other wrestling fans or just watch some gaming, ask some questions. And, uh, I've always just kind of kept it that way. So you can find me at, um, at uh, mega T or twitch.tv mega TJP. All my socials are mega TJP. Um, okay. And I don't have a set schedule, but that might change coming up. I got some friends, including uh, like Lince Dorado from WWE. He's one of my best friends. He's he's like he's like the dean to my Eddie. <laughs> we were roadmates, and uh, he streams as well. He's got an awesome channel, um, amazing channel. He's got great equipment and everything. And our buddy, uh, our buddy Eddie, who's um, who's a comedian in San Diego, he streams as well. And they put a lot of pressure on me to really like bear down and have it more formatted. So uh, you can find me at Mega TJ on twitch and um and it'll be pretty frequent um usually daily or every other day you can catch me in the mornings for now but i try to do the more spooky scary games at night just you know for the fun of it thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of the excuse me podcast don't forget to subscribe rate and review us on apple Podcasts, spotify google spreaker or your favorite podcast platform Check out our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash excuse me, Vicky, or follow me on Twitter and Instagram and email us at excuse me, Vicky at outlook.com with questions or comments until next time. Excuse me.